pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 248. Today I'm going to chat with Luke Allen from Cross Rifles, discuss the new push for gun control, highlight the new WMP from Walther, and talk about the unsurprising outcome of the NRA board meeting. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. How about you? Uh, that's great to hear, especially since you just got back from traveling. I mean, I, Yeah, I was lying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was sarcasm in there or not. I'm doing pretty well. I will admit I'm pretty exhausted. These events definitely kind of wear you out. And even though I feel like I'm on the go constantly in my life and I always wonder like, when am I going to settle down? When am I going to take a nice vacation? But it's a little bit different going to these events because it's very like people-y, you're entertaining. I feel like I'm constantly just, I don't know. It's completely different, I guess, if that makes sense. It's completely different. You and I are both instructors. Uh, I have a retail shop. I I deal with people every day, but this is a different kind of dealing with people. And I don't want to talk to people. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. That's how I feel. It's exhausting. Yeah. I feel like I'm unwinding a little bit, actually, in between shows because I just recorded with Gabriella Hoffman. I went out and I just like mowed my lawn. I got to say, it was actually kind of nice just to sit there and like sort of just not have to think for a second. So. I think half of my employees think I'm still gone. Yeah, Um, that's nice. I'm just letting them assume I'm on vacation and I'm not there. Yeah. That's usually pretty good. All right. Well, I'm sure you're probably thinking, why did I ask you to come on right away? The thing is, is it's still with NRA, you know, you just got back. It's still fresh in our minds. So I definitely wanted to get you on the show to discuss that before we forgot some of the key elements. But before we start talking about our experience at the NRA, I wanted to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. I'm assuming you have quite a few Smith & Wesson firearms, especially being a gun store owner. I do. I like to pepper my collection with all of the brands, but um, Smith's probably one of the larger represented in, mm-hmm. in my personal collection. I'm a newer gun guy, but man, there's something about an old Smith revolver too. Right. So I, 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 it, my Smith collection is really weird. I, I've got your M&P 15 right next to an, an old uh, 642 or it, it just, just all kinds of... Um, just all kinds of fun stuff. And mm-hmm. we are a big dealer at the shop. And actually one of my guys just called today and said, Hey, did you order this for yourself? Or we got a 44 Megan yeah. or for the floor. Cause they know I like to grab that stuff myself. Yeah. Don't you feel like that's the problem having a gun store is you're just like, okay, well this will sell this one. We're going to keep this one. We're going to sell this one. I keep, well, maybe I keep this one too. And I keep, I, I keep them all. They're all like <laughs> lost little puppy dogs. They need yeah, a home. Man. Know, right. Yeah. 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 So anyways, guys, if you want to check out the huge selection that Smith & Wesson has, they have everything from ARs to 22s to revolvers to, you know, handguns. I personally, I really like their handguns, the Performance Center series. So if you want to check that out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, Luke, so before we get into talking about the NRA, just a little bit of background about you. I've actually known you for a few years now. I met you when I was pretty early in the industry, 
And mm-hmm. you at the time were working for Desert Tech. And since then, both of our lives have changed significantly. So you left Desert Tech and then you branched off and you opened your own gun store. And then just recently when I met you at NRA, you were now working on a gun range, which is amazing. I got to say, like, I've thought about a few times opening up my own gun range. But tell me just a little bit about, you know, I guess your background and why you decided to start your gun store. And and the gun store is called uh, Crossed Rifles, right? Yeah. So I, I was a, I was an army infantry guy. Some people are going to catch that off of the name and the insignia is the crossed rifles. Okay. Uh, and I used to teach people how to shoot in the army and marksmanship was a big portion of what I did in the military. So after I got out, I kind of did the same thing all the other guys do and kind of bounced around here and there landed in the firearms industry, but started teaching just CCW classes on the side just a little side hustle and started cross rifles. I wanted to get serious about it. So did a little LLC, never thinking that this is where we would be mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And at the worst time, everybody told me I was crazy during the Trump slump. I, I left my, my really comfortable paying job in the industry and decided to uh, rent a little space in our town. And the timing couldn't have been better. I was calling that the election was going to swing. And I just had all these ideas that people thought I was crazy for. And uh, a lot of it came true. So being poised in the industry at that time has let us grow quite a bit. Uh, we've got a good customer base. And um, I will tell you this about building a range. We're, we're, I'm, I'm ready to stroke the first check actually this week to get started. We're hoping to be open by December, January at the range. And you can probably get away with dyeing your hair more than I can. But unless you're a big fan of gray hair, don't do it. Right. Um, I, I am... <laughs> I have, it has aged me. It has the, uh, the the whole process. Yeah, It's exciting stuff. I can only imagine. And then also just the cost. Cause well, I can almost relate because I'm having a a house built. That's wasn't cheap. It's way above my budget and it just keeps getting more and more expensive. (laughs) So I can understand the new normal. Yeah. 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 They call me every week and tell me that my prices went up because of an increase. Right. Wow. Stop. I just stop. If I stop answering with the phone, do I, do I not get that news? I know. I know. I hear you. Although, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about living outside your comfort zone and taking those risks. And I think you and I are both, you know, sort of the example of what happens if you do, if you take some risks and I'm not saying take risks that are just absolutely ridiculous because you don't want to end up broke and going bankrupt and stuff like that. I mean, you know, take some smart risks, but with any change, you have to step outside your comfort zone. Just make sure that you are prepared for that gray hair because even just at NRA, everybody's like, oh, I like the brown roots. And I was like, yeah, we had to go a little darker because it just wasn't covering the grays quite as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been, uh, so we, we did get a chance to visit NRA and I think it's been two or three years. And one of the comments I got from a lot of people uh, like yourself that I hadn't seen because the industry has been closed mm-hmm. was, um, man, you're looking good, but, uh, there's a lot of gray hairs in your beard there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I would just like to know, I did not say that. I actually said, you did not, I said it look, you look good and look like you lost weight. Yep. Yep. You were, you were the, maybe the nicest, but most of the other uh, people were guys that yeah. were going to say mean things either way. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And for those who want to visit your range, your soon-to-be range in your gun store, uh, what state are you located in? We are in the very northwest corner of Ohio, Bryan, Ohio. Okay, cool. 
moving forward, so let's just talk about NRA for a second. Just to uh, reiterate, and I've said this in my post, so I'm not an NRA member. I have not supported the NRA in quite a few years. I was actually holding on to my membership just so that I would have voting rights. And then when I realized like, okay, there's just something weird going on because there's too many people that I talk to that want to vote a certain way, aka, you know, vote Wayne LaPierre out. And it didn't seem to be effective. And at that point, I just was like, all right, I'm doing away with my membership. I'm tired of giving the NRA money. Franklin Armory was nice enough to get me a badge in order to get me into the show. I thought it was important to go to the show. I mean, one, I had sponsorship obligations, primary arms. They did an awesome range day the day before. That was a lot of fun. I'll talk about it in a future show. And then I just wanted to see a lot of my friends at NRA. I mean, you know, like we said, we haven't had a show. The the industry is technically been closed now for quite a few years. And although SHOT Show was a go, we weren't able to see a lot of the really important people that support us, such as, you know, a lot of my listeners or people that take in my content. So I attended. I don't think that the NRA should have been canceled due to the shooting in Uvalde. And some people might think that that's a little insensitive. I just think that if, you know, one, I mean, this happened days before the show was supposed to go on. They're not just going to cancel a huge show, like a multi-million dollar show, and everybody already had, you know, their tickets and hotel and all of that booked. But I think that in a way, if we were to cancel, it would almost look like we were accepting blame. And I stand firm in, you know, stating that like the NRA or any gun owners, like we did not play a role in you know, the unfortunate events that took place in Uvalde. I think you hit that right on the nail. That's, that's it. Uh, I don't think you can cancel last minute. Yeah. Um, and you've got all your members that have travel plans, um, non-refundable travel plans, mm-hmm. which which matters to a lot of people, right? Yeah. And there is no acceptance of blame there. Um, yeah. It, we all don't want these tragedies to happen, but I, I think if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile uh, no matter what. Absolutely. And also Daniel Defense, they were supposed to attend the show and they decided last minute not to attend because one of the guns that was used in the Uvalde shooting was a Daniel Defense rifle. And I don't know how much I agree with that either, because now there's probably, you know, potentially going to be a lawsuit. And I wonder if that's going to you know, somewhat work in their disaver. Like, obviously, you guys felt like you played a role because you didn't even go to the NRA. I mean, I don't know. It's it's so crazy how the media and lawsuits and stuff and like the jury and, and lawyers and stuff sort of twist that information. Anyways, so that hey, said, do you think do you think we've set a precedence with the Remington thing that I know. a manufacturer like Daniel should be concerned? Yeah, actually. I mean, look at, you know, with with Remington just settling on that lawsuit, which they screwed over really a lot of companies, you know, moving forward. And I understand kind of why they did it, but it's just unfortunately it opened up a lot of potential lawsuits for future gun companies. Would you agree or no? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I, as it, we, so we're, uh, we're, we're no seven FFL. So we're technically a manufacturer and we do some builds. Mm-hmm. It'll just filter its way down in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand they settled and they didn't technically win the lawsuit, but it, it it's going to open up the floodgates for anybody. Anytime something like this happens to mm-hmm. go after the manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The first day that we went, it was Friday. 
And Friday was pretty crazy, especially for protesters. So I know Moms Demand Action, even what was it, Bette Midler was telling people to join in on the protests and and to make sure that they're armed, which I found sort of comical. When I got there, it was in the morning. There was maybe like 20 protesters. It really wasn't big at all. And then by midday, there was quite a few. And I was just really taken back by some of the signs that people were holding like, excuse my language, but it was like, fuck your guns. Hold on. Let me see. I'm going to pull up pictures just so that I'm not misinforming anyone. I snapped some pictures as well. And, um, the signs, were, I was sending some pictures home to my parents and, and God love them, but they're just, they're really PG rated people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I could just see, I could hear the incredulousness of my mom's voice when I was showing her some of the things that these people would show up and say, and it's not accomplishing anything. I understand no. that it's written from an emotional standpoint. It but is. And I think some of the things are very crass. It is. Yeah. And I think that that's the problem is like, one, don't come at me with emotions. I hate to say it. I know we're all emotional. And I do agree that this, like, the shootings need to stop and that we do need to find some sort of solution because it is happening way too much. But the minute that you say, fuck your guns or fuck your thoughts and prayers, Or let's see, let me zoom into some of the stuff. Some of these, uh, the crowds, they were chanting NRA KKK. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, it was just stuff that was just absolutely disgusting. Saying that we have blood on our hands. Let's see how many more you are responsible. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. Some of the signs that I read, I'm just sitting here and I'm standing on the other side where the convention center is. So if you guys didn't attend, they had it blocked off. They had it gated. So Venere convention, there was a gate and you had to show your credentials in order to get in. And then you had the street. And then on the other side, there was a park and there was also gates. And that's where the protesters stood. And then when you crossed the street, there was a parking garage. And I felt really bad for the people that parked there in the morning, not seeing any of the protesters or thinking, okay, there's only 20 of them, no big deal. And by midday, when a lot of these people were leaving the show and they were crossing the street, these protesters were, I mean, just saying the worst things to them. They were booing them. What really got to me is a lot of the people crossing the street were older men and most of them had like Vietnam hats on. And I mean, they're just like, they're probably like in their seventies or eighties had trouble even like walking across the street and these people are booing them. One, I thought it was extremely disrespectful just to, you know, from a standpoint of like, you know, respect your elders, but also most of these men fought in a war so that you are able to even have a saying and stand there today and voice your opinion. And I just thought that was disgusting to me. I want to just add that that was the biggest thing for me. I stood out there with a lump in my throat watching some of these older veterans um, get yelled at. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it had to bring back memories walking to that parking garage. Yeah. Horrible location to have everything cordoned off. Absolutely. And yeah, I just, I just felt that's where I really felt bad for. I felt like a lot of us like gun owners, we were probably just like, sort of just like, wow, this is, it was almost comical. It was almost like at one point, like our side, you know, we were just kind of standing there watching. It was almost like we were watching like zoo animals, like in a cage, like just acting the way. And we were just like, what? I think we were just all like, so taken back by the stupidity. And I hate to say that, but it was just like the things, the points that they were making 
was nothing. I mean, to say that we like to say like how many more to say that we're children killers. I mean, most of us, majority of gun owners have children and we have children that were of age, the exact same age of the Uvalde shooting. So if that didn't hit home for us, you know, uh, it was just, I don't know. It was really kind of nerve wracking. I think I know a few people that went across the street to the protester side, which I thought was ballsy. <laughs> But they said that really once you got past, you know, the initial like there was people lined up against the gate and then maybe there was one or two people behind them. And then after that, there wasn't anybody else. There was like people just like peacefully, you know, like having a picnic or like kids playing in the park. And so there really wasn't like hundreds of let alone thousands of protesters that showed up. It was actually pretty small. And it's kind of been interesting to see how the media is turning it and how they're making it seem like it was this huge protest when it really wasn't. I mean, considering that Moms Demand Action was saying like people are flying out there to protest, it was actually pretty small. So, yeah, it was pretty small. And it amazes me the amount of times that you saw it misrepresented. I was on Reddit because I like to go through there and and get yelled at for my opinions. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and there was a some post and a news article about how huge the protest was and it's growing by the hour and there's going to be more protesters than attendees. Uh, there was like nobody. There was nobody on that side yeah. comparatively. Yeah. At one point, I heard that they tried to actually break in, like try to come into the convention center. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's sort of comical because I'm like, well, then what would they do once they got inside? Not to mention we were able to carry like a lot of us were actually, I think you could open carry. I saw a few people open carry. And so whether that was a lot or not, but I know that, you know, you were able to have a gun on your person. That was the other thing I saw misrepresented the most, actually. Um, everybody and, and every, every media outlet wants to portray that the NRA is a no gun zone. And every year, this mm-hmm. is maybe my 10th one. Um, you see the same articles, uh, NRA, um, won't even let the irony of the NRA not allowing And that's not true. They just don't allow it where maybe a presidential candidate um, or former president is in that room in that particular area. But, yeah, I don't understand what the protesters point of getting in. And yeah, you've got you've got an alpha personality crowd and a a not alpha personality (laughs) crowd. And I don't if I was in the not alpha crowd, uh, I don't know that I would want to go and try to assault or or yell at the other crowd. Yeah. And then also, I mean, talk about contradicting your stance just for the protest. Like you're, you're protesting violence, but then you're going to be using violence in order to get your point across. So I think you and I had even talked, or maybe somebody else brought it up one of the nights about the Bette Midler thing and, and Hey, bring your firearms. Yeah. Please do. Please show up to an right. anti-gun rally with your firearms. Cause I would love how that looks to everybody. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about primary arms. As I said, primary arms had their range day. That was a lot of fun. That took place Thursday, right before the show. And it was like an hour and a half away from Houston and I thought they just did a phenomenal job. So they had a bunch of vendors out there. You could shoot guns. And then they also had some really fun activities. So if you guys check out my Instagram, they actually like hooked me up. They call it the human claw. They like hook you up to this thing and you get lifted up into this like big like swimming pool. And then you grab a ball and whatever number you pick, then 
that correlates with whatever prize you get. I actually won a free Foxtrot mic upper chambered in 223, which is funny because I actually had that exact same upper. So I'm going to see if I could maybe change it out for something else or a different caliber. And then they had like shirts printing on the spot, axe throwing. They just had like a lot of cool things. And then I shot an AUG. So, okay, I don't know if you've ever shot an AUG and I don't know where the hell I've been, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I've ever shot an AUG was just last week. Congratulations on that. But that's why I picked it out. So at Primary Arms Booth and they had their, uh, I I can't even remember. It was like their 1.8, their compact. It just came out and I was so impressed with that optic. To my knowledge, it is roughly $1,000, but what you get and just the clarity and the functionality of this optic was amazing. I'm pretty sure it's available for pre-order right now. And I feel bad because I don't even remember what it was, like what exact model. But I think if you Google their uh, 1.8 Compact, I'm not selling it right now. This is probably the <laughs> the first ad read. And I'm like, I don't know. Just Google it. You'll find it. Okay. <laughs> but we're actually, you know what? I'll be posting my video pretty soon. And the person that helped me pick out the AUG, they actually talked about it. So yeah. But anyways, I would say, I mean, regardless, they make really great optics. So if you guys want to check out their stuff, head on over to primaryarms.com. If you find an optic that you like, don't forget to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you'll get a free scope mount with every primary arms optic that you buy. Okay. I'm not going to be like every other media outlet, whether it's right or left, because I'm just, I'm, and I do read just like you I don't get on Reddit as much, but I read all sorts of news outlets. I mean, I was reading the New York Times this morning, Washington Post, because I'm genuinely interested to see like what they have to say and the angle that they're coming at. And if anything, it just makes our point stronger. But let's just talk about mass shootings. And, you know, it's interesting because there was a lot of people were writing articles about how there was this other shooting here and then this shooting and and even like that 10 year old kid. I don't know if you read about that, but there was a 10 year old kid that was tipped off and he he was going to shoot up his school. And he took a picture of like, I think there was like three guns that he had. And I'm like, this is a 10 year old. And luckily, you know, it was tipped off to the police and he got arrested. And then also, as I was reading, there was also a lot of boating accidents, like people that were drowning. Oh, this boat, you know, flipped over and it killed a lot of people. And and I mean, it's just when you read the news, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, God, you you almost just need a, a break from, you know, reality because it is pretty sad. I gave it up. I gave up the news. Uh, they're telling you what they want. I, I, I try to stay as informed as possible. Yeah. I don't want to put myself in an echo chamber. I like to get other people's opinions. Yeah. Um, I can totally empathize with the protester side of, I, like, I, I understand why they're there and I've mm-hmm. got to, but yeah, the news, if it bleeds, it leads. And in today's cycle, um, I'm, I'm more interested. What I like to tell people is if, if an entire part of our country just falls off of the map, I'll probably find out. I don't really need to listen to the news mm-hmm. for the important things. Yeah. Somebody's probably going to run up and say, hey, did you hear? Yeah. With that said, I don't think that gun restrictions is the answer to stopping these mass shootings. I do think that things need to change. There are, you know, tons of shootings. I mean, more than ever, a lot of it is carried out by young males. 
And there is definitely similarities that you see amongst, you know, a lot of these shooters. You know, I mean, they usually come from broken homes. They are isolated. They were bullied, you know, stuff like that. But as far as like blaming the object or, you know, whatever is used to carry out whatever they want to do. I mean, I don't think personally placing restrictions on guns is really going to solve anything. And if nothing else, I think people forget the Second Amendment, it's there so that we can keep the government in check. If the government is going to have, you know, quote unquote assault rifles, then yeah, I want to have these quote unquote assault rifles, even though assault rifles don't really exist. But I think people are forgetting what the Second Amendment is actually in place. And it is to protect yourself, but it's also to protect yourself from the government. With that said... Peaches. With that said, what do you think we can do to solve some of these shootings, like to prevent some of these shootings from happening? Or, I mean, if nothing else, not even shootings, but I mean, just this, like all these crimes and evil that's being carried out. I don't want to sound like a broken record for our side, but mental health care. Yeah. You, you had mentioned you're not as political as some of these other news outlets. Uh, I, I am not your standard uh, Midwest, supposedly Republican gun store owner. Uh, I'm a constitutionalist. And one of the things that bothers me the most is we talk about mental health care every time something like this happens. And I get these guys that come in and they parrot, oh, it's not the gun, it's the person. We need better mental health care. And these are the same people. And I ask them every time, so are you, so you, you agree with universal health care, right? And they say, no, of course. Um, and I don't either. But um, so what is your proposal? Mm-hmm. to help get people mental health care. As a veteran, mm-hmm. um, I, I've seen a lot of push for uh, better mental health care so that we don't lose as many people. And I think that's something we need to push on this side as well. More security. Yeah. More, we, can, we can all agree there's some really questionable things about this shooting. Why was he able to access the school so easily? Lock the doors and, and more accountability for whoever might have left that door open. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being that person that propped that door open with a rock? You'll never be able to live that down. No. Yeah. Internally, if the investigation shows who it was, I'm terrified for that person. Yeah. I could never, ever. And I understand why. I So you had mentioned many of us have kids. I This one has gotten me, this, this shooting has probably gotten me harder than some of the other ones. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. We just attended um, our kindergarten graduation the day after this shooting. Wow. And, um, you know, I had to walk in and we went in and there's there's two police officers that I don't know if they would have been there if it wasn't for this. I, I, I know that we have a, a school resource officer and I, there's some, some some security things, but I mean, they were making a show of force. And, and I think that's what we should have everywhere. Yeah. Um, but but then again, uh, you aren't going to get most people on our side of the island using quotation marks there to agree to a tax hike to pay for that either. Mm hmm. It's really not going to be that much of a tax hike, though. Agreed. It's, I mean, in hindsight, it's really pretty affordable. Very. But I do, I do agree with that. I mean, how often do you hear of gun stores midday getting robbed? It's a lot rarer than liquor stores. Yeah. But that's just because, like, you know that the people are armed. You're not going to go into a gun store and rob a gun store. Chances are most people in the gun store or behind the counter are carrying So you you rob, you rob soft targets. Yeah. And most firearm stores are not soft targets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, what about the age? So I'm thinking that there's probably going to, if, if anything else, they're going to want to push that, you know, now the legal age to buy a firearm. Well, handguns have always been 21 years of age, but rifles are 18. They, I'm thinking that they're going to want to push that. And to me, I think it's unfortunate. You know, I mean, they're like, well, you have to be 21 to buy a beer. I think 21 in Ohio now for um, tobacco and a lot of states are starting to go that route. I know, I know it's not 18 anymore. Okay. But with that said, I mean, 18, you can still join the military. People will probably say, well, yeah, but they also receive training. That's debatable. I've actually, you know, trained a (laughs) ton of people that are military that have never even touched a gun. But the thing is, is like, even that, I mean, I think you and I both know plenty of 18 year olds, they get out of high school, they marry, they start a family, maybe they start a family young. And so now we're going to tell these Americans because of their age that they don't have a right to protect and defend their family because they're not 21. I obviously disagree with it. I see the argument point. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, I think my father's generation was a little bit different at, at younger ages. And I think we're coddling the kids these days and yeah. we're creating this situation where they're not maturing until later in life. Yeah. So I, I see that. But it, again, it, that's just a direct um, relationship to the whole, why would we take firearms away from legal gun owners mm-hmm. because of a few that aren't responsible, the, the ones that are going to be irresponsible either way. And I don't think as a, I joined the army when I was 17 years old. You can join when you're 17 with parents' consent. By the time I was 21, I'm doing the math. I was a sergeant. I think I got promoted to staff sergeant by the time I was 21, which is a position of responsibility. Let's put it that way. As an mm-hmm. E6 in the military by 21 years old. And, and if you could look at a 21-year-old doing the math, yeah, I was in drill sergeant school when I was 21. So I was a United States Army drill sergeant, E6 or at least by the time I was 22 and I would not have been able to purchase a firearm. That is asinine to me. Yeah, I agree. But I do agree with what you said that kids are maturing much later on. I mean, if you look at even when I was a child or a teenager, which let's, let's just, you know, for purposes say that that it wasn't that long ago, even though it was, (laughs) I'm looking at half my age, half my age ago, I was 18 and you know, at 18, I left everything I knew and moved to New York city. And for me, like looking back, I'm like, man, I definitely had some balls as an 18 year old, but most kids nowadays, they're not leaving their family's house until they're, I hate to say it, but like mid twenties, like 25 Mm -hmm. is still even kind of young. And I mean, it is what it is. Like, I think that if I was a parent, like, Hey, the minute you turn 18, either you're leaving or I'm charging you rent. Most of the parents aren't even charging their kids rent. Like they're not teaching them any sort of responsibility, which I think you're ultimately doing your kid, you know, disservice by that. And also if you look back at how things have changed. So nowadays, like we have participation trophies or we have that safe space or that no bullying, you know, uh, policy. And I, I can't help but think like, is this changing how people are able to cope with dealing with bullying or dealing, being criticized? Like, are, are we not equipping them with the skills necessary to deal with anything that might be uncomfortable for them? And as a result, they're acting out. Bullying is essential to society. I mean, I, I think that there is something to be said about that. Obviously, you know, I got bullied like here and there in school. I think everyone at some point did. But I do think that there's something to be said about it kind of toughens you up a little bit. 
I can't ever remember a situation where I was the bully. And I also, I, I can remember a couple getting bullied, but I was probably right in the middle, but, and I don't want to get canceled for saying it again. Yeah. Right? I don't have anything to get canceled from. I think, I think that, that learning those lessons at a younger age, that there are people out there that are just going to be mean to be mean. I think it's, I think it's vital because if we, and if we hover around our children and protect them from that and don't give them the skills to cope with society, because mm-hmm. I'm 40 years old this year, Ava, and people are still mean to me because they want to be mean. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, trust me. I, I get it. <laughs> and I know how to cope with that without deciding that I'm going to go kill people, yeah. ruin my life and, 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 you know, end my own life at the end of a rampage. It, it, uh, and, and I think that you're probably onto something there. There's some psychosis, of mm-hmm. course, that goes along with it. But yeah, if we were to give them those skills, maybe it would have ended differently. Yeah. And again, I'm not like a psychiatrist. I don't, you know, study any of this. I'm just genuinely thinking, okay, what has changed and why are these shootings being carried out? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, majority of these shootings are being carried out by young males who are typically 25 and younger. And so I'm just trying to think like, all right, what are we missing here? Because I don't think that by blaming the object, you could take a car, you could take a hammer, you could take anything in order to kill somebody. And so placing these restrictions on a firearm and especially the people that are placing these restrictions know nothing about the gun themselves. Like, oh, well, the foregrip, yeah, it looks scary on an AR. So we're going to ban all guns that have a foregrip. I mean, that doesn't even help you shoot faster. Literally a foregrip, it's something that's aesthetically adding to that gun. It's not doing anything other than that. I mean, obviously people use it to hold on to, to shoot, but it's not causing the gun to shoot faster. So I'm just sitting here like thinking, okay, what is causing this? And then also... Perhaps, you know, even when I was 18, there was more parents that one parent stayed home, the other person went to work. And now with inflation and, you know, just the cost rising and everything, both parents have to go to work. And so it does sort of isolate the children. And I don't know. So maybe that's also maybe it could be bad parenting. Although I still, you know, I still think like I've, I've always stood by the fact that, hey, you could have a horrible upbringing and at any given moment you can choose like, hey, I'm not going to be what my past is. You know, you can play victim for things that have happened, but at any given moment you can wake up tomorrow and you're like, hey, from here on out, we're making different decisions and I'm going to better my life and I'm going to make better choices. I think society is changing. I don't think we're going to be able to stop the movement and, and, and change of society. It, it's inevitable uh, all through time. But I think one of the responsibilities we have as um, as being the caretakers of the new generation, I'm mm-hmm. going to use that, or just being in you and I being influential in our own communities. And I think that the responsibility we have is probably to go and find the solution before the problem happens. And yeah. that's a that's a superpower that a lot of people don't have um, finding finding a thing that has not happened. Mm-hmm. And coming up with a solution. Yeah. But I think that there are people out there suited to do it. And 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 these and this has happened. Uh, this is not the first school shooting. Yeah. And I'm I'm incredibly saddened to say it's not going to be the last. Yeah. And and this also is not to say that it didn't happen back in the day. I mean, this stuff, right. you know, but it's just it's starting to increase more often than not. And well, I think it's definitely something that we need to start talking about. And then also something that's really weird to me is like when you ask most kids, most of the kids that carry these shootings out, if you ask their classmates, they were like, oh, yeah, I could have seen that coming. 
Like, it's almost like if you ask, like, all right, who's most likely to carry out a school shooting? They all point to, like, the same person. There's, so I had mentioned that bullying is essential, but I think it's all the bullied kids. So at the same time, we have to also treat our kids to be nicer. Mm -hmm. Kids today are different than they were when you and I, uh, I think I'm a little bit older than you, but we're we're the same generation. And and you had mentioned um, the two parent thing. I did have, I had a mom that was mostly home. And that's not super possible in today's world. Yeah. But also we were just raised differently. We were also, even though she was home, I wasn't allowed in the house. Right. I mean, we had to get out. We went and played we yeah. didn't go home until the, until the streetlights went on. I lived out in the country in the middle of nowhere, but um, we rode our bikes around town unsupervised. And in today's world, I can't fathom letting my kids uh, ride their bikes. Like I used to, to my, my grandparents' house, four mm-hmm. miles away out on these busy country roads. So we're just raising them different because the world's, the world is different. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if, I don't know if there's the answer. Yeah. It's, the culture is different in so many ways. Like people, I mean, kids are just consuming, you know, and I'm not saying like video games are, you know, the culprit, but you know, I mean, they're, they're playing video games nonstop. They're on their phones. They're just consuming all this like media. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that the answer is obviously a very complex answer and it doesn't just start with one thing. It's not like, okay, this is the main culprit. I think it's a mixture of a bunch of things. Can I throw out a devil's advocacy argument to you real mm-hmm. quick? Absolutely. I, I like to do this in my shop because I don't want to surround myself by, as I mentioned, the echo chamber of your typical gun shop is, is, is it's the same guys in your gun shops as it is in mine. And I'm not your typical gun shop owner. I, I like to ask the guys when they say it's not the gun, it's the person. And we talk about mental health care. The very next question I ask is, great, tell me why it doesn't happen in Germany. Yeah, so that actually, there was a few media people, you know, walking around uh, the NRA side of the protest. I say the protest, but the NRA side wasn't protesting. But there was a lot of like media walking around and they were like, well, why doesn't it happen in other countries? And it does happen in other countries. It absolutely does. Yeah. But the media doesn't cover it as much as, you know, it's covered here. It's a tough question to answer. Yeah. And really, the United States, it's not like we're like the number one mass shooting country. I think I read earlier today, it was like there's Venezuela, El Salvador. There's a lot of other countries that had a lot more shootings. I don't know. And, And I think you're right. It's, you know, but then the culture is also different, which makes me think that. You know, I don't know. It, I think it's a culture thing. So the answer, the answer that I have in my head, because I love to answer that, ask that. Um, I, my, my whole family's from Germany. My, my, my wife's mom was born there. So we visited a couple of times and they're astounded at our access to firearms. And when they come here, they love it. They think everything is Texas. Here. It doesn't right. matter if you're in Ohio or Indiana. It right. Matter. It's all Texas. But, the, you know, it, it, if you really dig down deep and look at the violent crime rates, they're not really any different in most other places. And the United States is far from the top, as even on gun deaths, as you mentioned. Is it are we having different kinds of violent crime here? It happens to be in a school, whereas in there was that guy that took a truck down the bridge. I think it was in France a couple of years ago. I, I'm I'm gonna misquote, but you still have things happening places. Mm-hmm. It's just not with a firearm. Yeah. But you have you have to be ready to answer those um and it's our culture. Mm-hmm. Don't compare me to Sweden because my entire state is bigger than we have a bigger GDP in my state than that country does. Yeah. And then there's 49 other states. 
And you bring up a really good point. I also think that these are things that we need to talk about more because I've noticed any of these like arguments or discussions, we really need to equip people with factual answers you that's going to, you know, that's going to like hold up. So yeah, when people are in, even when they asked me and I didn't, I wasn't talking to any of the media, even like Newsmax, I think. And they were actually at the show. They had a booth uh, at NRA. They text messaged me and they're like, Hey, we're conducting interviews. We'd really like to have you on. And I was just like, you know, it's just not a good time. And really, I, I hate to say it, but like, unless I know the person I'm, or if it's like on my podcast at this point, it's like, they can spin it any way that they'd like. And I just don't trust it. It's, it's, you know, that's how much I just don't trust media, whether they're on our side or they're not. We've seen both sides take a snippet out of a recording, whether it be video or audio yeah. and just completely change how the public perceives that person. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Mantis. Mantis was also at NRA annual meetings. Did you have a chance to stop by their booth, Luke? I did. I love my Mantis rep. He's crazy. Um, He has crazy stories. We sell a lot of their products in their store. It's a great product. And they're always coming up with new stuff. So I like to stop by the booth and see. I know. But uh, they had two booths, maybe maybe three. They had three or four at shot. I I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they were they spread themselves out and always busy because they have such cool products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to say, out of all the training aids that I've used, Mantis has had. I haven't actually I haven't had any issues with like their apps because you know like the biggest thing is like making sure that the app works properly and it's not like these false shots and stuff. And like I've been really impressed just with the quality of Mantis products. The I, I, the only problem, the only complaint I could ever give is my, I, they have a sound uh, when you take a shot with like an X10 and it'll register the shot and it gives a little ding if you do well and mm-hmm. it gives you like a buzzer if you don't do well. Yeah. It, we, I, I shoot with my X10 every day, uh, myself and all of the employees and all of my instructors that work at the shop. We have a group. You can create a group in the app. And um, we all watch each other's progress. And the only complaint I can give is that um, my wife doesn't like the ding. That's it. Because hmm. every time I make it go ding, she's, can you stop doing that, please? Because I I'm a, I'm obnoxious, and so I'll go find out where she's at in the house, and I'll dry fire next to her just to, <laughs> just to annoy her. But no, it's it's a phenomenal app. I've never had issues. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, if you guys want to check out their products, head on over to mantisx.com. Anything else that you would like to add to that before we move on to other parts of the NRA? No, no. It, it, I, I'll just add, I, I was pretty saddened as American. I said no, and then I started talking. Uh, <laughs> I, standing on our side of the fence, and that's what it felt like. That's what saddened me. It was our side and their side. We're all Americans. We're all yes. in Texas. Everybody is devastated by the school shooting, and this really did bother me. I was in a funk for two days. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it, it, that is the part that scares me the most that we've got people flipping us off on the other side, thinking that we are legitimately the ones that caused this shooting Mm -hmm. and they're not capable of the critical thinking skills necessary to realize I can empathize with them. I know exactly why they're standing there and they have, they do not have the same ability to empathize with why I'm on my side. Yeah. I think that that's extremely well said. 
Yeah, I, I mean, even when I was leaving, there was one guy and he was like, fuck you, lady. And then mm-hmm. another girl that because I was wearing a gun shirt, of course, I had an AR on my shirt of all days. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. Couldn't have worn just a regular shirt, you know. <laughs> but when I was leaving the convention, which I will say the protesters like scattered, they were gone by like five o'clock when the show ended. They were not dedicated. I will tell you that there yeah. was not as many as portrayed and they did. They leave quick. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, OK, what? Like now that everybody's leaving, like coming out of the convention, it was really interesting. And like the timing was kind of weird. But there was one girl in the corner holding a sign. She was on the phone and she like looked up at me and she was like, oh, hey there or something like that. And because she knew that I had a gun on my shirt and and then like held her sign in front of me. And I just like looked at her and kept walking. Cause I don't know. It's, it's tough. Like, I wish I could have conversations with these people and try to find some sort of common ground and show them that like, we are people and we genuinely care, but people like that, like they just want to hate and they're so emotionally charged that they just want to place the blame on someone. But unfortunately they're not placing the blame on like the people that should be. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all law abiding citizens. There's a lot of people in the middle ground. And of course we don't hear we see the fringe side, we see our side, and then the protester side. The problem is there seems to be there all of the middle ground and their side, again, my quotations, seems to be run by the fringe side. Mm-hmm. And that's it's the 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 standard meme picture of, I don't know, some blue-haired young lady yelling and no idea why she's probably yelling or who she's yelling at. Yeah. Yeah. Changing it up a little bit. So I was reading the news and it turns out that there was a, let me see if I, I know I took a screenshot of it. There was these people that pretended like they were NRA members, which I'm assuming they had to have been NRA members because they wouldn't have gotten in otherwise. Let me just... Yeah, they, they guard that pretty well, uh, making sure you check in. Okay. So they're called the good liars. They're on social media as the good liars. And it's Jason Selvig and Davram Stifler. But anyway, so they ended up getting into the NRA annual convention and they snagged a spot at the microphone and they were just basically making fun of Wayne LaPierre. I like these people already. I know, which, but I'm still, I'm just like, wow, what a, okay. So Selvage, he spoke, he said, You kept hearing what Wayne LaPierre isn't doing enough. And frankly, that's true. The NRA under Wayne LaPierre's leadership has provided thoughts and prayers to the victims and their families. And maybe these mass shootings wouldn't stop happening if we all thought a little bit more and we prayed a little bit more. And then he said, so I'm asking everyone in this room to pray. Give your thoughts and prayers and your thoughts and your prayers and your prayers and your thoughts. And if we give enough of these thoughts and prayers, these prayers, these mass shootings will stop, he said. So I want to thank you, Wayne LaPierre, for all your thoughts and all your prayers. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess Wayne LaPierre, when this was happening, was kind of like looking around the room, probably thinking, <laughs> like, am I being punked right now? Ashton's coming out any minute. But I guess the scattered crowd applauded once they concluded, you know, talking. But I'm just like, really? Like, what a... What an embarrassment. But I'm assuming that this guy had to have been a member in order to get into uh, where the actual annual meetings was taking place. Because that, even if you are a member, you have to be a member of like for so many years, what is it, like seven years or something, or a lifetime member? To vote. I don't know if you need... 
you have to be that to get in that park? Do you have to be a member to get into the actual? Like I would think you would, right? Because you wouldn't even have gotten into the convention center. Well, think about the check-in process. And and in this particular convention center, I think, so I actually pulled up a picture of this guy, um, the, the good liars. And, and he's, He's got a video on Twitter and his badge is turned around. There's no credentials and, and, and they were they're pretty weak credentials. You just get a little badge with like a symbol in it to uh-huh. get into the NRA. But at this particular convention center, you only really needed that badge to get into where all of the, the booths were. The meetings and all of the, there's a lot of um, continuing education stuff that goes on at NRA that I like to attend. All of that stuff was being held upstairs and the escalators upstairs were out in the open area where mm-hmm. you would have just entered in. I think That's you true. could totally get up there. Yeah. And, and especially somebody, he looks dressed, he's got a button up and a nice pair of pants. So he doesn't look questionable. Yeah. Right. I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of love I kind of love this. I know. I don't want the gun loving community to be made fun of and looked foolish, yeah. but let's be honest. I mean, there's Wayne, a lot of Wayne's just yeah. a clown. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people that are pretty easy to make look foolish on I know. both sides. And the thoughts and prayers thing just really gets me because one thing the protesters were, were chanting one day mm-hmm. was thoughts and prayers are not enough. Mm-hmm. And, and the person I was with, she commented to me, she says, um, do they think that we don't agree with that? Like, yeah. is there a miscommunication here? Because yeah, no kidding. 19 yeah. kids are died and two, and two teachers. Um, yeah. There's 21 people dead. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough. Let's stop that. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I personally, even like after I lost my mom, when people were like, oh, thoughts and prayers or you're my prayers or sorry for your loss. I just hated things that like that. When people said that I hate, actually, I personally hate the terms. Sorry for your loss. Cause I'm like, oh, it was just my loss. Right. I don't know. Right. It's it, 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 and, and it's it seems like it's become just like when you really want to throw somebody off in the morning and it's a blast of mine. Um, when somebody asks how you doing, just like I'm going, I'm not really great that to be honest. Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah. And they don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, and, and I it, that has helped me stop saying things like thoughts and prayers Sorry for your loss. How mm-hmm. you doing? Yeah. When I, when I don't actually mean it. Well, I when I asked you when the show started, how you're doing, I actually genuinely meant it. It was, it was a genuine concern. Well, I appreciate that. I, I'm sorry that I lied to you because I would be now. <laughs> I just wanted to know if you felt as shitty as I feel. <laughs> 100%. All right. Politics aside, was there anything cool that you saw at the NRA show that you were like, wow, that's awesome? I know like a lot of companies, they didn't push out a lot of new products, but there was still a I, few. There was some cool stuff. I, I I was visiting with somebody earlier today, my general manager at my store, I'd called and talked to him. And and I, the comment I made was, there was no innovation, it didn't seem like. Uh, every year, there's something. And I think it's because we're burnt out as an industry. Mm-hmm. You can't run at 120% for two years straight yeah. and continue to do so. That's what I was going to say. Well, I mean, we were, for the longest time, we were just struggling to meet demand. So yeah. any sort yeah. of innovation was just kind of put on the back burner, especially when you're selling, you know, faster than you can make it. I made some really good contacts to Centre. Uh, I, I really got to, I got to visit with friends. I got to meet some, some people and, and I went out for business because we're trying to build the range, but I didn't see anything absolutely life-changing. There were some really cool products that I had not seen before. Uh, there always will be. And I hope that they, they catch on. 
I hope that that maybe some of those smaller, yeah, I like visiting the smaller booths. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Glock. I, yeah. I, they all look the same. I love Glock. I, I carry uh, a lot of Glocks a lot of days, but I don't go by those booths that often. I don't yeah. need that. I like to go to the little, like the two companies that are sharing a booth. You've never heard of them before. And they've got something that you have never seen. Yeah. Um, so there was a few of those, but Honestly, uh, I thought the attendance was a little low and, and, and there wasn't anything that made me get my checkbook out and say, great, how many can I buy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. One thing that I was really impressed with, I don't know if you went over to IWI's booth, but the Masada Slim, to my knowledge, there's only like five in the country right now, but they are getting like another 50 that they're going to give to content creators. Hopefully I'll get one. I'm going to try to write an article about it. But I saw when they announced it and it looked a lot bigger in the picture. And then when I actually got my hands on one at range day at primary arms range day, I was really impressed. I was like, it has a very similar footprint to the P365. I think it holds 13 rounds, but it shot well. So out of all the micro compact pistols on the market, I thought this thing shot the best, very little recoil. The trigger was absolutely amazing. I did post a video where I'm resetting the trigger and it's just like barely even moves and the trigger press. There's very little take up. And on top of that, it'll take the Jericho magazine. So if you already have a Jericho, the magazines will fit. Obviously, they're going to be a little bit longer, but I think they're going to come out with a sleeve for that. So if you wanted to take it to the range and practice and not have to refill your magazine every 13 rounds. That's also awesome. And best part is MSRP on that is 450. So street price is going to be like 400 and it's optic ready and has sites that co-witness with the optic. That's a big one. Their booth is very busy when I walked by and I didn't get a chance to put hands on. Yeah. But that that's going to be a, a game changer in that micro compact market with all those options at that price point yeah. and a company that's, that's really starting to, they've always been, I think they've always really done some really nice products, but they're, they're, they're really coming in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're really, really doing good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Wrapping up with this part, Luke, can you just remind listeners once again, if they're in Ohio, where they can find your store, where they can find you guys online, all of that good stuff. Yeah, we're in the very northwest corner, right? Where Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio meet, a little town called Bryan, Ohio. Uh, we're building a, a nine lane indoor range here coming up soon. We've got a 17,500 square foot retail space, and uh, it's just crossedrifles.com. We've got a website where we sell a lot of our cool stuff and do our Cerakote jobs and all of that. We've got Facebook and Instagram, but I'm too old to really know how most of that works. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, guys, go check them out. And that was crossed um, ssedrifles.com. Moving forward with the rest of the show, Caldwell. Do you have any experience with Caldwell? Oh, yeah. Big name in the industry. I'm, I'm pretty um, much just going to like put you on the spot to do all my ad reads. <laughs> Why not? Let's go for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm like, "Eh, I just got back from a trip. I'm a little tired, you know, whatever. (laughs) What stuff do you guys sell of theirs in your store? They have a large majority of like shooting targets and range bags and gear. The thing about, I don't know, the thing about Caldwell, I've always thought is they've got, 
if you're going to go to the range on your own, I grew up on a farm where we shoot out in the backyard. That's probably where you're going to see their name the most. And I, I hope to not screw that up for them, but the little Caldwell shooting bags and the targets that you're going to set out and they've got mm-hmm. target stands. That seems to be what we sell the most. Cause we are, we're very much out in the country where you're, you're, you might be shooting on a picnic table in like your family's backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And actually I was surprised when I first signed them, I was surprised by just like how much stuff they actually make. Because I remember when I first started, I mean, they're in every store and you may not even realize that you own Caldwell products until you actually kind of like look closely to see like, oh, okay, who makes this? Oh, I bet you everybody that has a range bag. So every shooter that has even remotely gotten to that beginner level probably has a pair of Caldwell glasses for mm-hmm. a thing and they didn't even know for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. If you guys want to check out all of the stuff that they have, head on over to caldwellshooting.com. Remember to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in politics, Democrats pushing gun control on all fronts. In response to the shooting in Uvalde, Democrats are on the warpath on gun control. At least nine treasonous Republican senators are reportedly working with them to craft new legislation to infringe on our rights. They all know that none of the proposed legislation would actually save any lives. It's all about stripping rights from the law-abiding as we've always known, but they've never let a tragedy go to waste. Biden, of course, started off with his regular lies about the Second Amendment not being absolute and that you couldn't own a cannon along with a host of other outright lies about the Second Amendment. He even, in a recent statement, talked about different calibers and says that no one needs a 9mm. The 9mm will, quote, blow your lung out and no one should have them. And as I've said this before... It's not just the quote unquote assault rifles that they're coming after. Like they're coming after your guns. They are coming after, as the article suggests, from all fronts. By making that statement about nine millimeter, which I'm like, oh, okay, he's suddenly a ballistics expert. Didn't realize. It's just ridiculous. Pat Toomey, Lindsey Graham, Susan Collins, and Bill Cassidy all met with Democrats to negotiate on what new gun control would look like and were tasked with common ground. A number of Republicans have been well-known for supporting red flag laws, registration, and universal background checks, and some of them are going further, even saying they'd now support an assault weapons ban. The killer in Uvalde bought his guns from an FFL and passed a background check. In spite of being previously arrested for threatening to shoot up a school when he turned 18. Once again, authorities knew about the shooter and did nothing. Every attempt to pass bills to secure schools has been blocked by Democrats. We provide them armed security, but they're unwilling to do so for the children. It's clear that they just want to strip away the rights of law-abiding citizens instead of actually facing the mental health problems that need addressing and actually securing our schools. I'm sure that we'll see more to come with that, unfortunately. They're going to use everything they can, whether it's a tragedy like this or something small. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that gets me the most is nobody needs a nine mil, really. Oh, I know. I'm like, so what are we supposed to be using here? And, and to my a knowledge, ball bat. okay, so to my knowledge, 22 long rifle, and I've heard this before, and I don't know if I'm just, if I'm just, you know, saying this because I've heard it or if it's actually true, but 22 long rifle, isn't that like technically the most deadliest caliber out there? Like more lives have been lost from 22 than any other caliber. Well, I, I don't know. This, 
That's debatable because you can't say, I mean, if you think about the military, obviously military is not using 22 and, you know, but maybe like as far as like civilian use goes. I've heard the same thing and it's gotta be there. There's even very staunch uh, anti-gun people out kind of where I live. Even most of them have a 22 in their house for varmint or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I would, I can see where that statistic could possibly be true. I've never looked it up either. And I've heard it a dozen times. I don't know that that's actually tracked that well either on accidental deaths, what calibers used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also, I mean, so I've taught a lot of people that work in like the emergency room and they were saying that they've seen a lot of deaths because of 22s because, and again, this is me just going on a hearsay, but it like bounces around in the body and it creates more organ damage as a result. I... I've heard both. We've yeah. got a doctor that likes to come in the shop and tell us um, about why he won't carry 22 because yeah. he's in Baltimore and, and he had a patient come in that had been shot five times and waited patiently in the waiting room. Oh my gosh. Um, but we also have uh, some horror stories here locally because there's so many farmers and, and youth shooters that use 22. And, and I did some rotations in the ER when I was going to get EMT certified that there's some horror stories about 22. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, but Hey, Nobody needs a nine mil to blow your Ugh, lung out I know. either. Yeah, no kidding. Gosh, what a stupid thing to say. Ugh. I just, I can't even listen to him, honestly. Like, I, again, because like you, I don't want to like live in this like hole and not know of like what's going on. I like to hear both sides. And I like to know, like, obviously what our president's saying and mm-hmm. to listen so that I could be like, yeah, okay. I, I watched that and I could chime in on conversations, but it's just so, ugh it's like nails on a chalkboard when he talks. I never thought that I would cringe and this is going to come off my mind. This I'm going to try to get canceled on your show. I never thought that I would cringe more than I did when president Trump was speaking. And I agree <laughs> right. with a lot of things. I agree with a lot of the things he said, but I, I hated the way he said it. Oh, I know. And I agree. Until we have president Biden. Yeah. And it's, and we all knew it was going to be way worse. But yeah. He is like, way worse yeah i know yeah no you're you're totally not going to get kicked off i personally i know everybody's like yeah trump trump needs to come back and he needs to help us and i mean obviously trump didn't really do much for our gun rights either like we actually probably lost more gun rights under you know trump's account than a lot of these presidents i wasn't like the biggest fan of trump but i will say like imagine being the guy that works with him for his pr i mean he's just the pr nightmare like there were things that he'd say and I was just like, Oh, don't do that. Uh, and I, and, and I feel like I'm a PR nightmare and I'm the one that's like cringing at him. <laughs> oh yeah. There's my, the older I get, the less filter I have. And I didn't have a filter when I was 18. So mm-hmm. I say, I say things just open foot, insert mouth, but he's on a whole different level. And then, and then of course, president Biden doesn't, you don't even need a filter because there's no, it's just all soft stoop. So we're just getting a conglomeration of words that might mean something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory, actually, that's where I saw you at NRA. I was Mm -hmm. signing pictures. I have a really funny story about that. So my friend, 22 Plankster Dave, he had to do some booth appearances at Franklin Armory. I don't know why they didn't print off pictures for him. Maybe because he's just not as popular <laughs> as I am. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he was using my pictures to like put down his autograph. And there's some really funny things that came of it. Like he'd cross out my name and then put 22 Plankster. And then one of the guys at Franklin Armory did a little bit of... 
editing on my picture so put Dave's face over my face and it was just really funny but you guys have similar body styles yeah oh yeah totally like we're both like you know tall and feminine and and yeah I could see that but it was pretty funny but I just want to say thanks to everybody who came by and saw me at Franklin Armory's booth and definitely meant a lot especially a lot of the women that listened to me or there was even guys that maybe the, you know, their wives or daughters didn't know who I was, but guys came over to introduce their wives and daughters. And they were like, hey, you know, they're thinking about taking up shooting. What advice do you have? Or one woman was um, doing competition shooting for shotguns. And he was just like, yeah, is there any advice that you can give my daughter, you know, so that she could take it farther in her, you know, competition career? And so like that, I always loved, like, I always like to try to encourage more women to push it further or even just pick up a gun and and learn how to shoot. So that was really nice. But do you sell any of their triggers by chance? We do. Uh, You're, you're hitting, you're hitting um, home runs here with your list. We sell almost all of these in our store. The binary triggers are probably the the number one thing that we sell, Mm -hmm. but, but we sell a lot of their uh, complete lowers and, and just some other little accessories they make for the AR. We're, we're an AR builders dream shop. So we have to carry all of the big companies like that. Nice. Yeah. The one thing that I really like is that if you're afraid of like messing up on installing the trigger and obviously some are easier than others, you could always just buy the complete lower and it already has that binary trigger in there. So lots of different options, but I would highly recommend it. I think it's just so much fun. If you guys want to check that out, head on over to franklinarmory.com. Use the coupon code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is, did you hear about the woman who stopped a shooter in West Virginia? This was nice. This was definitely a win for our side because it was a good guy with a gun, or in this case, a good girl with a gun who stopped a bad guy. But you won't hear about this in mainstream media. A man with extensive criminal history came back to a birthday graduation party after being asked to leave and started shooting into a crowd of about 40 people. An unarmed woman at the party had her concealed carry permit and calmly drew her pistol and shot the man multiple times before anyone else was hurt. She was not law enforcement, just an armed, capable woman who saved the day. This is exactly why we carry and also why you probably won't hear much about this story in the media. But I thought this was phenomenal. And the guy didn't make it right. He did die. I didn't follow up on that part because of all the um, all the plane and the the travel issues that I've had. I saw the story. I hit the, the blurb and kind of checked it out on my phone and immediately said to myself the same thing that you just did. We're not going to hear about this. Yeah, this happens all the time, every day, every state. And um, we're not going to hear much more about this. Yeah. I mean, regardless So if the guy survived or not, who cares? I mean, obviously he was a POS, but this is the stuff that you don't typically see in the media, even though it happens way more often than you think it would. Kudos to her. And I don't think that they're disclosing her name. We don't know who she is. Yeah. Which is, at least I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows who she is. They haven't released any names, which honestly, I don't think that they need to. I think that they should keep it a secret. Anyways, good for her. Hats off to you. (laughs) 
IWI. Okay. What about IWI? Do you have products that you sell in your store from IWI? That's the one you got me on. We have the Tavor every once in a while. And um, we it does not seem to be, I can't say that. We've got a couple of things from them that we sell. I take that back. Okay, it's, good. So it, I didn't. It, yeah. No, you didn't put me on the spot on that one either. Uh, you're, you're, you're batting a hundred so far. Mm-hmm. The Tavor. What else do you guys have? We've got, I can't remember the name of their pistol. I like to tell. My, Is it the uh, Galil Ace or the Jericho or the Masada? Um, so I know we sell the Jericho, um, the Galil, the famous thing in my store and, and we've grown to a point, um, it's kind of true is I don't work here. I just own the place. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I have a general manager and we sell a lot of the stuff and I will, I go out on the sales floor and just see like, Hey, it looks cool out here doing yeah. a great job. And I go back and make sure the roof's not leaking. Right. Like that's yeah. the stuff I have to pay attention to. And we just picked up a lot of IWI stuff. It wasn't something that we sold when I first started. And when I was really running the store, I know we sell the Tavor. Uh, it's a phenomenal product, right? Mm-hmm. The Jericho is the other one that I know that we sell. The Galil, for sure. I think there's one hanging on the wall today when I stopped in to make sure they didn't burn the place down when I was gone. But uh-huh. it, all of the other stuff, I'm not sure if we sell a lot. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely make some good quality stuff. And then when I talked about the Masada Slim, obviously I didn't have any issues shooting it. I really liked it. I only shot two magazines, really not enough for me to give like a full review. But so far what I saw, I loved and I just think they make quality stuff and a lot of their guns just speak for themselves. I'm thinking, you know, if the Slim is anything like the other guns that they've come out with, I think it's going to be a home run. But if you want to check out all their cool guns, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15 if you're shopping any accessories. That's going to get you 15% off. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today's Tacti Talk, Walther debuts the new WMP, which I got to say, anytime that I see like WMP, I think wimp. Uh, Already, I've seen this gun now. Well, I saw it at NRA 22 Plankster. He just posted a video where he's shooting it. And so on the side, you just see WMP. But I think because I is obviously not a very big letter, like you just automatically your brain thinks wimp. So I just had to say that. But it's definitely not a wimpy gun. So it is chambered in 22 mag. And I did check this out. It looks like a home run. I'm hoping to get one for review. So very much like the old P22, but sized up a bit since it's obviously 22 mag. They've also enhanced it a bit, including optic cuts and the shipping with the two optic plates for common red dots. It also has a nice fiber optic and lightning cuts on the side. The Ambi mag release is also pretty unique which they're calling the quad release. It has both the paddle and button release on both sides of the frame. In addition to the Ambi mag release, it also has a large slide release on both sides as well. They come with the two flush fit 15 round mags or 10 for the restricted states. It has a 4.5 inch barrel putting overall length around 8.2 inches, which is a bit larger than like the P322 or the Glock 44, but it's like I said, 22 mag. So it's you know, really closer to the size to like the Keltex PMR 30, which I had back in the day. And that's what I would probably compare it most to. No word yet if it'll be available with a threaded barrel or confirmation of which optic plates will fit. But I do know that MSRP is $549. 
Oh, I'm sorry, Luke. I think I cut you off, but did you have a chance to check out this gun? Uh, I did not. In fact, this is the first time learning of it. Kind of excited about it. I, I hadn't heard yet. Um, I was reading through some of these notes just now when you were, I, I had to go Google it, of course. I think we need more 22 mag mm-hmm. semi-automatic pistols. There's the, you got the PMR 30. Yeah. I can't really think of any other options right now. And um, I think there is a very, very small portion that I would recommend 22 mag as a starting defense caliber. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, so you and I, as an instructor, we've met students that are like, they just can't shoot more than a 22. You know, they have arthritis or, you know, something is preventing them from shooting a larger caliber. And it's not always because they can't rack the slide or anything like that, because obviously there's techniques. But I would say this would be a great gun for people that are just looking for something that's a little bit more than 22 long rifle, but yet manageable to shoot. And, you know, because 22 mag, it's going to have some power to it, especially if you're putting in, you know, you're using like hollow points. There's some good options in 22 mag. It's it, again, it's a, it's a rarity, but sometimes you can fix it as an instructor, but there are just some, I don't know the right word to use it. Just the way it's, people's hands are shaped that mm-hmm. maybe, or the arthritis is a big one. And um, I feel uncomfortable giving them a 22 long rifle and very comfortable giving a 22 mag. So I, and the P22 is a great gun too. So yeah. I, I, I bet you Walter knocks this one out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving forward, Manicor Arms. I know you're familiar with that company. I love Misa Manicor. <laughs> what products have you used of theirs? Uh, all of them. No, <laughs> I, 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 no, for real. I, I, I've known Sven over there for uh, longer than I've known you, and I've known you four or five years, right? Yeah. And I personally, I've actually got a couple guns sitting in my office here at the house that have the transformer rail. I'm looking at two of them right now. My wife and I have matching ARs mm-hmm. and uh, mine's green, hers is tan. And my absolute favorite rail in the entire marketplace is the transformer rail. We sell a lot of them at the shop. They've got a lot of fun little accessories for a lot of other things. Uh, some IWI stuff it's mm-hmm. for, right? But um, yeah, love me some Manicore. Yeah. And the transformer rail, what's great about that is I've talked about it before, but you guys can take out those little rails and replace it with something that's like a Picatinny M-lock, even if you just want like a fun design or something like that. So that's really why it's it's never really going to go out of style because as accessories change or the way that you attach accessories changes, you can always change out those little plates and you know, put something that is going to accept that attachment. If you want to check that out, head on over to manicorearms.com. Use the code AVARocks15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment, NRA board re-elects Wayne LaPierre. When I saw this yesterday, I was so freaking mad here. I'm like, you know, cause I got some shit like going to NRA and people are like, really? Like, why would you go to the NRA show? And then, you know, of course there's people like, how can you go to the NRA show right after the shooting? But also how could I support the NRA? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not a supporter. I've not given them a dime in a few years now, but nothing like making me look like an idiot, you know, because 
here you're thinking like, guys, with everything going on, we need all hands on deck. We need to stop like the internal hate. Like there's definitely a lot of internal hate within the gun community. And it would be nice if we had the NRA on our side, but it's like the NRA is just, I've actually gotten to the point where now I'm like, I don't even know, like, should we even go to the next NRA annual meetings? Like, should we even support, like, I think companies should pull the funds that they use to attending the show and we should just create like a totally different show because at this point, any sort of financial support, it's not going towards a good cause. (laughs) So many things to say. I think the NRA, I think they get, um, I think Wayne is the biggest problem. I think the NRA still does good things. Yeah. I, I think that they're very poorly run. I have not given them a dime in the last and I'm, I don't know what the level is. They've talked me into all the money. So I'm an, I'm an NRA instructor and I'm also an NRA benefactor or ring of freedom member because I do, I do donate to our local friends of the NRA and that counts towards NRA donations, but I won't give them a dime every time I go to one of these NRA annual meetings and they ask me, would you like to donate? Nope. Not until you get Wayne gone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my biggest thing. I think they do a lot behind closed doors for local state legislature. And I think that if we got Wayne out of there and we were able to not have him suck up all of that media bad juju, um, I think that it would be so much better. I know, but it's crazy. So obviously people that are able to vote for this, I can't with all the people that I talk to, I have yet to actually meet anybody who's a fan of Wayne LaPierre. I'm like, who is voting? And for them to say that it was a unanimous vote. Did you read that? It was like a... I did. And I don't believe it. Yeah, I I, I don't either. I think their voting technique has to be... There's got to be some weird rule. I I, I don't understand, honestly. And maybe maybe I should look into it a little bit more. I do vote for board members every year. And I think that I'm wasting my vote. I think that it's... I don't want to say it's rigged, because that's a tough word to accuse somebody of. But I can't believe is all the years that I spent in the industry when I met you all those years ago. And now I still get to go see a lot of my industry friends and I get to go to the NRAs and the shots. And I don't know anybody that supports Wayne LaPierre. Mm-hmm. I, so I, it blows me away. Yeah, actually. OK, so I'm just reading the show notes. So it says that only a single board member voted against Wayne with Alan West receiving a single vote. Seven board members in attendance did not vote. They're afraid to not. I think show their dissent. Yeah, I think that that's what it is. And of course, the vote was behind closed doors. So other details are not known, which I think, and I've heard this before, that even last year, the vote was behind closed doors, which I completely disagree with. It just makes you think that there's just so much corruption going on. And I want to see my NRA board member stand up in a crowded room and tell me out loud who he's voting for so mm-hmm. that he's on the record. I yeah. want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, It's just unfortunate because I think more than ever, I mean, if we had the NRA on our side and there was actually, there's somebody recently that I follow on social media and they said that they were thinking about working with the NRA. And then after receiving this news that Wayne hasn't been voted out, they've decided they're not going to be doing that. And it's a female and she's, you know, very political. She speaks well. And it's just like such a shame because there could be just so many good changes that come along with just getting Wayne out. I mean, he's really the biggest corruption in the NRA, but it seems like all the decisions that start with him are the ones that catch the big media. And I'm totally winging it on this one because I, 
I've started just ignoring all of the Wayne stink. Yeah. But, um, but you know, the, the, I don't want to say the, I think he's the executive vice president, the guy below him that they had hired for years that was found. He was taking money for personal use, the same as Wayne, essentially Mm -hmm. Um, his secretary buying things. And for some reason I heard a rumor and totally rumor that she was a felon, excuse me, that she was a felon and shouldn't have even been working there anyways. Right. How do you work for a firearms organization? if you can't legally own a firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so weird. just, just the whole stink about it. I have to, I got to put my asterisk in there. I don't give them money. I do work with the local friends of the NRA because a lot of that money comes back to a local youth shooting team that I sponsor, but Ohio just got constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. And, and I will give a, a little bit of a caveat out there. I don't think Wayne has anything to do with this, but I do know one of the big, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to be that guy. Um, I knew one of the, big head honchos with the NRA ILA side. And he likes to visit my store and he buys his NFA items there. And he had visited my store about nine months ago and told me that we were going to have constitutional carry. And Ohio has been trying it for years. They've been trying it for at least five or six years, maybe longer that I've been really involved with my own store. And I I told him, I said, there's no way he, and he looked me dead in the eyes. He says, Luke, Ohio will have constitutional carry this next year, because this was just before uh, 2022. He said, I, I can tell you who will vote for it, who won't vote for it. We have secured the vote. It will happen. And at the time, this was still during a lot of the COVID stuff. And our governor was really leaned a little left. And he says, and the governor is going to vote for it. And we know this for a fact. And, and the fact that they're still working behind the scenes, I will give them that little bit. Mm-hmm. Wayne, and if we can get Wayne out of there, because that, all that's doing is taking away from the good they're doing. Yeah. That, that we can't see that only guys like me get to see because I get to visit with a guy in my store. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it's only because he's a big NRA ILA guy that I give him time. And it's only because I'm the owner of a big store that he gives me time. So there's very few people like me that get to actually get that interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. iTunes reviews. First review is Durf the tactical a-hole. You make Mondays much easier. Five stars. Great show. I did not know about Neomag. I will be checking them out. Love to find new gear on your show. Always look forward to my ride home from work on Monday. That's when I listen to your show. You keep me up to date on the 2A gear and pinky. I don't, you keep me up to date on 2A gear and pinky. You keep me up to date on 2A gear and Pinky. I don't know who Pinky is. Keep up the good work. Thank you for what you do. And now I'm off to Neomag website. That's awesome. Yeah, those guys are cool. And I'm sure you're familiar with Neomag. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good product. Yeah. Tin Man 4X, my favorite podcast, five stars. Ava, I love the show and look forward to Sunday, Monday when the latest episode drops. You always cover interesting topics and have interesting guests. Some of them have caused me to whip out my credit card and buy items I didn't even know I needed. The best advice I've received was your review and discussion on the Canic Rival, what an awesome pistol and value higher than its price point. I topped it with a Holosun 507C and couldn't be happier. I'm ringing steel at 100 yards and have parked several much more expensive hammer-fired pistols. Not for sale, though. Finally, a striker fire that rocks. The only thing better would be to keep up the great work and have a great trip to Arizona and the NRA thing later this month. All right, so Luke, out of those two, I want you to pick a winner to win a prize pack. Uh, It's got to be the first one um, because I want to know who Pinky is as well. Okay, so Durf the Tactical A-Hole, go ahead and uh, go to gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form and send me a address, a good mailing address. And then also let us know who Pinky is, because 
Pinky could be so many things. On that note, we are going to wrap up. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything there. If you want to support the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. You automatically get access to our patron-only Facebook group. There's always a lot of fun going on there. You do have to look for it, though. So if you guys are a Patreon and you haven't joined the Patreon group, search for GF Media Patreons. It's not Gun Funny because, you know, Facebook just likes to, you know, shadow ban and all kinds of stuff. So we're a little discreet. Also blown deadline. He's given away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month. Also wanted to thank the $25 patrons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamort, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, and Melissa Ridings. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. Luke, I want to thank you so much for joining me, especially last minute and just talking about all of the stuff that most people don't want to talk about, which is politics. <laughs> Can you just remind listeners once again, if they want to go check out your store in Ohio or just they can buy from your website too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a fully functioning website, crossrifles.com. Right. Uh, our Facebook page, I do a live video uh, every Saturday and I've become this weird, I, I, I get yelled at by my customers if I don't. It's Cross Rifles Training on Facebook. And uh, I, Ava, I got to tell you, you know, I've known you for a while now. I love what you've done. Um, I, I love the podcast. I love that I can go to some of these places. Like you, if you and I had sat down at a casino, probably drinking a beer, trying to avoid the crowd at SHOT Show five years ago. And, and I had looked at you and said, Ava, you're going to have your own coupon code at franklinarmory.com. What would you have said? I probably would have been like, who's Franklin Armory? That's awesome. No. <laughs> but it <laughs> is true. It. It's it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see both of us, how far we've grown. And, and then, like I said, you know, in the beginning of the show, if you guys aren't taking risks, if you're not outside your comfort zone, things aren't going to change. So it's definitely imperative to, you know, making change, getting better. And so I highly recommend it. And I'm sure, Luke, you do as well. Yep, absolutely. Calculated risk is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank you for that. I appreciate that. And on that note, we are out of here and I'm probably going to go to bed. I think I've realized after the show that I, I think I still need more rest. <laughs> Mar margaritas in a nap. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.